Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We want to look at part two, and that is the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a role to play in the Trinity, and we want to look at that right now. And if we could just have the first Scripture up, because I don't have it on my notes here, but it's in Romans for memory. Is it Romans? It's in Romans chapter 8, like I said. And it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, politically correct Bible there, I love it, we have an obligation. But it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. What is the flesh? The flesh is the soul. It's the will. It's the mind. It's the emotions. It's the physical desires. And we don't have an obligation to those things, Paul is saying. But if we do uh, fall by the wayside and follow those desires, it will lead to death. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Verse 14 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we might also share in His glory. I love that thought that we are part of the family of God And so we are not strangers to God. We are heirs and co-heirs with God the Father and Christ the Son. And what He owns, we have as our inheritance. Isn't that amazing? And so I love that thought. And it's the Holy Spirit that wants to work in us to bring that reality to a greater reality and understanding in our lives. And so this week, we're gonna look at five things the Holy Spirit wants to do in us and And the first one is simply this. Number one, the Holy Spirit enlightens us. What does the Holy Spirit do? He does many things. But the first thing, and probably the most important thing, is that He enlightens us. His number one role is to promote Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the PR manager of Jesus. You see, most people you ask today, if you believe in God, they will say yes. The question is not, do you believe in God? The question really is, which God are you talking about? Is it Buddha, Krishna? Is it Zeus? Is it the Port Adelaide Football Club? I mean, what God, what God are we talking about? Is it the God of our stomach? Is, Is it the God of our desires? What is the God that we are talking about? I don't know if you've ever been offered a glass of Coke and all the Coke lovers out there know that there's only one Coke, although there's a lot of substitutes to Coke out there. But there's only one real Coke. And if you are offered a glass of Coke at a restaurant and you are led to believe that it is actually Coke, you're expecting that Coke to taste a certain way. Are you with me? And... It's really disappointing when you're about to sip from what you have bought under the brand of Coke and you find out it's a cheap imitation. Has anybody ever been to a restaurant and found that to be true? 
Um, maybe you got the snow top version of Coke. Maybe even worse, you got the AC Cola of Coke. In other words, there's lots of cola drinks out there, but there's only one Coke. And there's lots of God's little G out there, but there's only one God, capital G. And there is no substitute. And it's the Holy Spirit that wants to bring to light this one true God. And God has branded Himself with Himself in the name of Jesus. God has an unmistakable brand, just like Coke has the Coke Swirl or Nike has the Nike Tick. God has a brand and that brand is Jesus. Are you with me? And that uh, God, sorry, has a brand manager and the Holy Spirit is that brand manager. He's the one who points us to Jesus. The Godhead are all working together to promote the name of Jesus. And in Acts chapter 16, we see it says, on the Sabbath, we went outside to the city gate to the river where we were expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman in the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. We see a number of ingredients here. We see there is a man by the name of Paul who's preaching the good news. He's preaching the gospel. No one will be able to know the gospel, the message of the good news, unless there is mouths and hands and feet that will go and preach the gospel. Paul was a man who went and preached the gospel. So there there was a man that was preaching and then there was a woman named Lydia who was listening. So Paul was preaching and Lydia was listening, but it says that, Her heart was opened. And the only one that can open someone's heart is the Holy Spirit. And so God needs preachers and God needs listeners. And when He has preachers and listeners, it's the Holy Spirit then that can get on the preaching and the listening and open people's heart. And because the Holy Spirit opened her heart, Lydia was able to respond to Paul's message. Isn't that good news? You see, it's impossible to come to Christ unless the Holy Spirit enlightens us. And His sole preoccupation is to honour the name of Jesus. He never draws attention to Himself, but He's there to honour the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, we see Peter stands up and he talks about Jesus and all the things that Jesus had done. And it says the people were cut to their heart. And at that moment, it was the Holy Spirit making them aware that what Peter was preaching was absolutely true, absolutely right. And it was a message that they needed to respond to. And 3,000 people responded to Peter's message that day because the Holy Spirit was at work in their lives. After the resurrection of Christ, there were two men walking along the road to Emmaus. And Jesus Himself appeared before them. They didn't recognise it was Jesus. And they were just telling these guys all about what had happened. And they couldn't believe that this guy who was actually Jesus didn't know what Jesus had been doing. They were confused. They thought, you, you haven't heard? And Jesus is keeping quiet. But He was just unpacking the Scriptures. And then He left and their eyes were opened. And they said, oh, did our hearts not burn 
within. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to open our heart to the incredible message of Jesus. If we want greater revelation of who Christ is, we need the Holy Spirit. Whenever we read the Bible, my prayer is Holy Spirit, enlighten God's Word to me today. See, sometimes we can kid ourselves that because we've been a Christian for many, many years, we know it all. But the reality is the Holy Spirit wants to enlighten us every day of our lives with new truth about who Jesus is. What does the Holy Spirit do? His first role is simply to enlighten us. Secondly, the Holy Spirit empowers us. I touched a little bit on that last week, but in Acts, sorry, chapter one, verse eight, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. We see in the Scriptures, when the Holy Spirit came, He came in power. When the disciples were in the upper room and they were waiting for some 10 days, the Holy Spirit came and they were behind locked doors. But the moment the Holy Spirit came, there was a newfound boldness that came and they unlocked the doors and they went downstairs and they began to preach the good news. And there, 3,000 people responded to the message. There was a sign of power in their lives. Power for purpose, power for God's purpose, power to witness, power to overcome addiction, power to resist temptation, power to break bad habits, power to speak the truth. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us to do what we struggle to do in our own strength. Maybe you're struggling with a form of addiction. Your prayer could be, Holy Spirit, won't You come and help me with this addiction in my life? And there's all kinds of addictions, but the power of God is greater than every one of those addictions. And we need to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives in order for those addictions to be broken because there's power that comes. Power to resist temptation. Maybe you find yourself just succumbing time and time again to certain temptations that come your way. Well, I want you to know you'll never overcome those temptations if you try and overcome them in your own strength. And even if you manage to overcome them in your own strength, you'll probably become a a religious bigot thinking that you're better than you are. It's much better that we recognise our weakness and ask for God's strength so that when we get the breakthrough, we can give the praise and the glory where the praise and the glory belongs. And it doesn't belong to us, it belongs to Him. And so whatever it is that you may be struggling with right now, There's a Holy Spirit who wants to come into your life. Maybe it's with grief. Maybe you're just really missing someone. I believe the Holy Spirit can come into your world and bring power to overcome and to help you no matter what it is that you're going through. Power to witness. Power just to be a Christian in your very secular, non-Christian school, university or workplace. I hear this all the time. They'll say, Tony, it's okay for you. You work at the church, but I work here. I'm the only Christian at my workplace. And I say, what an incredible mission field. What an incredible mission field. But I realise that it can be tough. I realise that can be difficult when everyone else is doing other things and speaking other ways and and adopting other habits and, and you're trying to be different to all of that. That's tough. I get it. But the Holy Spirit wants to come and empower you to be able to do what you're finding tough in your own strength. 
if you need more power in your life to be able to overcome any of these areas I've spoken about, we need to invite Holy Spirit to come into our world and into our life. And He wants to come. That's the good news. Amen. Number three, the Holy Spirit comforts us. I love this. In John chapter six, uh, 14, verse 16, it says, And I will pray to the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, and He may abide with you forever. I, I love this thought. Jesus did not say when the comforter comes, He'll make you comfortable. Let's not confuse the role of the Holy Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit is not to come and make our life comfortable. Better home, better car, softer couches. That's not the comfort that we're talking about here. We're talking about a comfort that the Holy Spirit brings into our life when we are faced with very uncomfortable circumstances. There's a comfort that can be experienced when we find ourselves in very awkward and uncomfortable circumstances and situations. I think about two men that were thrown into prison in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas. And they prayed because they were in a very uncomfortable situation. They'd been flogged to within an inch of their life. They were thrown in the deepest, darkest dungeon. That doesn't sound like comfort to me. And yet here they are in the midst of all that uncomfortability, they started singing songs, which is something that we are gonna do as a congregation in just a little while. And we're gonna sing. And it's amazing what took place when they started singing, when they started singing praises to God. Holy Spirit did something in their lives. He brought a comfort into their world in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their circumstance, in the midst of their situation. There was a comfort that came and eased their pain. It's amazing that God got so encouraged by the songs that they were singing. He started tapping His feet to the music that they were creating. And then there was an earthquake and all the prison doors shot open. And it's amazing. At that moment, they had freedom. But they did not use their freedom for their own freedom. They chose to stay in the prison in order for a message to get out that would help others. See, your comfort isn't just for comfortable situations and your freedom isn't just for your freedom. They had such a comfort in the middle of their pain that they chose to stay in the middle of their pain to help others. That's the kind of comfort the Holy Spirit can bring into our lives. Maybe if we understand this, it would change our prayers. I think if you're anything like me, we tend to pray, God, get me out of this. God, take this away from me. But here we see Paul and Silas just saying, can we not make the best of this moment? And in making the best of this moment, a comfort came for them to stay long enough for the jailer and his family to be saved. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I've shared many times more recently about Paul's thorn in his flesh. And three times he pleaded with God to take away that uncomfortable thorn. And it was like the heavens were brass, the heavens were silent. Then God spoke and says, it's my grace that's sufficient for you. And Paul learned an invaluable lesson that it's far better to have the presence of the person 
of the Holy Spirit in your life than the absence of the pain and uncomfortability of that thorn. I I pray that this revolutionises the way we pray. I do believe there are times God wants to take things away. I do believe there are times where God wants to take you out of and deliver you from. I absolutely believe that. But there are other times He doesn't want to take you out. He wants to take you through. And if God's not going to take us out of something anytime soon, we need grace and we need the presence of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit with us in order to go through it. In actual fact, in John 17, Jesus prays that God would not take them away out of, but that He would have the power to go through circumstances and situations. Are you with me tonight? How can you endure? I was in New Zealand just recently and again had the opportunity to share a little bit about our story and what we went through as a church last year and uh, the encouragement that we were able to bring through what I was able to share when God wasn't seemingly taking us out of something, but He was taking us through. How do you get through that? That's what I was asked. And I said, well, I can promise you this. It's not because I'm strong enough. And it's not because I'm smart enough. It's not because I'm wise enough. It's not because I'm all knowing enough. But I thank God for the Holy Spirit being present with me, bringing comfort in the midst of pain, bringing peace in the midst of uncertainty. And this Holy Spirit does not have favourites. As He was there for me and our family and this church collectively, He's there for you in your workplace, in your school, in your university, in your home, in the pain of that marriage you're presently in that may not be all you want it to be or in the pain of seeing a child just off the rails right now. Holy Spirit is able to bring comfort and peace when nothing seems to be changing. Don't think that God in not answering our prayers the way we would like them to be answered means He doesn't care and He's not there. God is ever present. And maybe, just maybe, He's not answering our prayers the way we would like Him to answer them because He's trying to do something else. And it's the Holy Spirit that wants to reveal what that something else is. Which brings me to point number four. The Holy Spirit, He guides us. John 16, verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will only speak what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. You see, the Holy Spirit is not a travel agent. He's more like a tour guide. And I love that. You ever been to a travel agent? You say, hey, uh, I'm thinking of going to Fiji and I just uh, like some uh, information about Fiji. And they go, uh, and they get a brochure. They haven't even been there. The Holy Spirit's not like that. I've got a really tough situation, really hurting, and he goes, oh, let me see. Um, read that. Now, the Holy Spirit's more like a tour guide. You want to go to Fiji? Let's go. You've got a season of pain? Let's do it together. He's not a travel agent that doesn't know anything about where you're going and doesn't even go with you. He's that tour guide that's with you. 
all going well, we've been invited to do a tour of the Holy Land. And I said, I only want to go if there's a good tour guide. And they assured me there is a good tour guide because I want to go with someone who knows the places to go to and the places not to go to. I don't want to go to Israel and and just try and work my way around. I I want to know where I'm going. And the Holy Spirit is this tour guide of our lives and He guides us into all truth. And just like when you're on a tour, you can't see everything at once. It's one thing at a time. And when the Holy Spirit gives you truth, we, we want to know everything. You know, he said, just one truth at a time. He leads us into truth. What about this? And what about this? And what about my kids are a bit older? And what about when they get married? And what about when they have kids? And what about when my granddad? And what about my retirement? He said, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm your farm. We do. We want to know everything about everything, don't we? And it's like when we're, at Disneyland, the kids, when they're younger, they just wanted to go here or there. And there. Can we, let's just do one thing at a time. Let's just enjoy this. It's a small world after. Just enjoy it. Hang here for a minute. We'll get to there soon enough. And the Holy Spirit's like that. He's not going to give us all truth all at once. But He leads us into truth. In actual fact, when we planted our church all those years ago, I'm so glad He never gave us all the truth about what it is to lead a church. In actual fact, when I said yes to leading a church, I said yes to the revelation and the truth that I had at the time. And so when I said yes to starting a church, I thought, I love um, praying. I love people. And I love the Word of God. And I said yes on that. And I imagine Holy Spirit with a smile in his face saying, that's all the truth you need right now. (laughs) I didn't know people could be so vicious. I didn't know you need to buy buildings. And I never forget one day when this building was being built, there's all this cable tray going in the ceiling. Behind uh, this ceiling, there's cable tray everywhere. I didn't even know what cable tray was. And one day I'm looking at the scene and I said, who would have thought that my job would consist of cable trays? The Holy Spirit is like that. He'll lead you into truth. And if there's things that you haven't yet got answers on, maybe, just maybe, we're not ready to have that truth or we just don't need to know yet. Have you ever thought that some things we don't get told is because we don't need to know? When I was really sick last year, in that very first week, there were only two people that came to see me. One was my wife and one was Andre. And that was because obviously he's in the leadership and we just needed to be able to lead the church through that season. But not even my kids came to see me. What do you mean your kids didn't come and see you? Because we just didn't want to put that on them. We made a call that it just wasn't worth them seeing me in that particular state. We didn't want to put that kind of concern or worry on them. Now, I'm sure at times they wanted to come in, but with hindsight, they're so grateful that they weren't exposed to that. And I think the Holy Spirit many times is protecting us from things we think we want to know. We feel we need to know, we must know, but I have to know. 
And it's like the heavens are silent for a very good reason. Why? Because we just don't need to know. But here's the comfort we can have, knowing that he will lead us into all truth because he guides us and leads us. He leads by example. In John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, The Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. I love that thought. It's amazing the things that go into our spirit. And you think you've forgotten them. And then all of a sudden you're talking to someone and something you thought you forgot just comes up. I've been in many of those conversations. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. And you walk away and say, thank you for bringing that to my remembrance because I forgot I even knew that. And people say, man, that's amazing. How do you know all this stuff? I said, I don't. But I'm glad there's one who can bring things to our remembrance. I wish he did it more for me when I was sitting exams at school. (laughs) It didn't seem to work at school for me like that. But anyway, never mind. Number five. Can we have the band come up? That'd be great. Number five. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Oh, come on. Up until now, it was like, yes, laughter, joking, that's amazing. Now I say he convicts us. Same person. Same person. When the Holy Spirit comforts us, we say, oh, thank you, Lord. When he convicts us, we rebuke him. It's the same person. He convicts us as well as comforts and guides. In John 16, verse 7, it says, I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Holy Spirit never condemns us. But he will convict us. And he'll convict us of our guilt. I want you to catch this next point. And I'm really believing that as we sing in just a moment, God's going to do many things, but he's going to do something in particular with what I'm just about to share. There's a difference between guilt and shame. The Holy Spirit wants to convict us of guilt. In other words, guilt is God's mechanism and God's way of letting us know that we've done the wrong thing. You see, when you do the wrong thing, or if you do the bad thing, and you feel bad about it, that's good. But if you do a bad thing and feel good about it, that's bad. But if we do a bad thing and feel bad about it, that's good. And that's God's way of letting us know we've done something wrong. To get our attention so that we can come to a place of repentance so that we can receive forgiveness, so that we can get back on track again. Conviction that highlights our guilt is a good thing. Shame, on the other hand, is something different. Shame is the lie that says what you've done is who you are. Shame is what the soul tells you you are 
based upon what you've done. And that's why shame is so toxic and so unhealthy. And maybe there are many of you out there tonight that over your life, you've heard this statement. When you've done the wrong thing, when you've let someone down, you've heard these words, shame on you. You ever heard that? Someone putting shame on you. And that shame that gets put on us is like a a meal for our soul. But that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit is to do the exact opposite. It's not to put shame on you. It's to take shame off you. But thank God for conviction that highlights our guilt, that we feel bad about doing bad things because that's a good thing when that happens. Because there we can ask for forgiveness and get back on track. But if we get stuck in the shame game, we're gonna lose. And we're gonna be off track. And we're either gonna be beating ourselves up for the rest of our lives, or if we're not careful, the shame game turns into the blame game. And so we blame our mum, we blame our dad, we blame our auntie, we blame our uncle, we blame that person in our world that hurt us. And all those things keep us stuck. And it's the Holy Spirit that wants to get us moving again. He wants to get us unstuck. And He wants to help us differentiate between what is shame, which is toxic and unhealthy, which is a work of the soul, our our will, our thoughts, our emotions, versus the work of the Holy Spirit that brings conviction because of our guilt, because of the wrong things that we've done. If there is brothers and sisters in this room and you've smacked your brother in the nose, you're not meant to feel good about that. If you feel good about it, that's your soul saying that felt good. That's bad. But if you hit someone on the nose and, and feel bad about that, that's good. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He differentiates between what is right and what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what is healthy, what is unhealthy, what is toxic and what is pure. So let us not be stuck. And God will use many ways to highlight our guilt and our wrongdoing. He may use a family member. He may use a church leader. He may use a teacher. He may use a boss. But the good news is, whatever comes your way, we have a Holy Spirit that can help us interpret those voices. You stand with me this morning, this evening, this afternoon. I'm kind of not sure what time zone I'm in, so I've been doing a little bit of travel of late.
But it's impossible to become a Christian without the Holy Spirit. Likewise, it's impossible to live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. So if you want to be a Christian, you need the Holy Spirit. If you want to live a Christian life as a Christian, you need the Holy Spirit. I'm looking at either Christians or non-Christians tonight. And what I've said is we all need the Holy Spirit. We all need Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Holy Spirit, when He comes, enlightens us and shows us Jesus. And whatever it is that we're feeling guilty about, the Holy Spirit no sooner highlights what we've done wrong, but He highlights the answer. No sooner do we go from point five, conviction, we go back to point one, enlightenment. So yeah, you're guilty, but remember, remember, He enlightens us. Jesus, He's the PR for Jesus. So just when we open our heart up, just say, oh yeah, I've done it again, I'm guilty. So yeah, remember point one, Jesus. And it was Jesus who went to the cross and He died a horrible death for your sin and for my sin. The wages of my sin is death. And Jesus took that death upon Himself and He died a brutal death. And He was in a grave for three days, but on the third day He rose again, proving He was who He said He was. That He had the power that He said that He had. had. His Name is Jesus and the Holy Spirit is here tonight saying, hey, look to Jesus. Jesus can forgive your sins. Jesus can help you overcome and shake off that shame in your life. He's the one who can bring peace in your heart and peace in your life. But in order for us to receive that, there are moments we've just got to still and quieten our soul. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 